Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 89 is entitled, Ye That Follow After Righteousness. One thing that all Christians agree on is that we are living in the last days, spoken of so eloquently by the prophets Isaiah and John the Revelator, and of course other prophets such as Daniel and Ezekiel, and the Savior himself, as recorded in Matthew 24. I think that what most of us didn't comprehend is that it is one thing to read about the future. It is another thing to live in the future. There is a kind of insanity in the world today, an unanticipated madness that is full of surprises. Who in their wildest imaginings could have anticipated a world where gender is denied, and the sex of a person can be decided by opinion rather than nature, where men can by word alone declare themselves to be women and compete in women's sports or invade the privacy of their restrooms, a time where the sanctity of the family is being systematically destroyed as if it were some evil thing, where the existence of God is so universally denied, where kindergarten teachers are encouraged to corrupt the minds of five-year-olds, teaching gender confusion and sex change to infants, where common sense virtues are attacked, and where good is called evil and evil is called good, and where all the assumptions of decency we were taught as children are under attack. Amos describes our day. Shall horses run upon the rock? Will one plow there with oxen? For ye have turned judgment into gall, and the fruit of righteousness into hemlock. Amos six twelve. Isaiah also anticipated our day. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 5.20 However, even in the darkest of times, the prophets of doom offer enormous hope. Hope is the message of the scriptures and not doom and gloom. With condemnation comes the call to repentance and redemption. With horror comes hope. Let's again turn to the words of Isaiah. In the last podcast, we considered Isaiah chapter 50. In this podcast, we shall turn to Isaiah chapter 51. Notice the light that comes from the darkness. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Isaiah 51, 1-3 Notice the phrase, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. Where then is Zion? Who lives there? What does it mean to be a Zion people? Zion, of course, is a place. Zion is also considered by Christians to be a future place. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, 
and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Revelation 21, 1-7 But Zion is more than just real estate. For that matter, what value is scripture if it is always about the other guy, or about another time in another place? The most important question one can ask is, how do scriptures apply to me? How do scriptures apply to my situation and to my life? In fact, Isaiah in the first verses of chapter 51 above defines Zion in terms of behavior rather than of blood. Through Isaiah the prophet, the Lord defines the people of Zion this way, Ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Therefore, we can conclude that Zion will be anywhere there are people who follow after righteousness, or who seek the Lord. The Savior reveals to John the Revelator, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Notice that the Lord brings comfort to those who follow after righteousness. Isaiah recorded, He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. I suppose that as Christians we all have waste places in our lives. We all have our own wilderness. It was in the wilderness where Christ was tempted by Satan. We all have our own desert. Those three words, though very similar, have significant differences. A waste, for example, has the following synonyms. Squandered, misused, misspent, depleted, thrown away, splurged, misapplied, reduced, diminished, corroded, disintegrated, deteriorated, degenerated, shriveled, shrunken, emaciated, devastated, ruined, or laid waste. A wilderness has the following synonyms. Wasteland, wild, barren, emptiness, unchartered, undeveloped, bewilderment, confused, disordered, muddled. A desert has the following synonyms. Destitute, deficient, poor, infertile, sterile, unproductive, arid, parched, or scorched. Deserted has a different meaning, abandoned, forsaken, disowned, or betrayed. The similarities are strong, but the information is in the differences. Many have found themselves somewhere in the wilderness of words listed above. Each must answer the question for himself, what are my waste places? Where is my wilderness? Where is my desert? Or where am I in the waste places, wilderness, or desert? If we seek the Lord, if we become a Zion people, the Lord will find us no matter where we are. He will comfort our waste places, make our wilderness like Eden, 
are desert like the garden of the Lord. He is talking to all of those who are seeking him. Again, the Lord speaks to his Zion people. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and mine arm shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. Isaiah 51, 4-5 To give ear, of course, means to turn your attention to God. To hearken means to obey, to observe, or to follow. Replace the phrase, O my nation, to O my Zion. For he is not just speaking to the seed of Jacob. He is speaking to all who follow righteousness. The law refers to the Holy Scriptures. The Scripture serves a beacon or light to follow. He assures the people of Zion that his righteousness is near and his salvation has gone forth. Twice he uses the word judge or judgment, which will be pleasant to Zion, to those who wait upon Christ and those who trust in him. The blessings to his Zion people extend beyond this life, as the following makes clear. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Isaiah 51, 6 900 years later, Christ in the flesh refers to that same event when he is talking to his twelve disciples about his second coming. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Matthew twenty four thirty five. After Christ's crucifixion, Peter, who was taught personally by Christ, reaffirms the words spoken of by Isaiah. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Second Peter three ten. Regardless of what horror may surround the people of Zion, the Lord speaks peace. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Isaiah 51, 7 Always pay very close attention to the parallelism of the Holy Bible. Parallelism is the hallmark of Hebrew poetry and serves many functions. It emphasizes key ideas through repetition. It expands meaning through variation. It connects one time period with another, such as the Old Testament with the New Testament. It gives order to the arguments and economy to the language. It gives clarity and coherence. Notice the slight variation between verse 1. Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. And verse 7. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Can you see the subtlety? The information is in the differences. The definition of a Zion people is expanded. In the first, it is, ye that follow after righteousness. In the second, it is, ye that know righteousness. The first suggests obedience, the second knowledge. Both are necessary for a Zion people. Now look at the second phrase. The first is, 
ye that seek the Lord. The second is the people in whose heart is my law. The economy of language is amazing, but the new information is even more enlightening. There is a difference between knowing the law in your head and feeling the law in your heart. Both are necessary. We must use both the head, knowledge, and the heart, feeling, or we cannot comprehend the truth. One can know something, but not comprehend it. The mind is associated with knowledge, the heart with comprehension. One is associated with logic, the other with wisdom. Isaiah gives us five attributes that constitute a Zion people. Number one, those who hearken to God. Number two, those who follow after righteousness. Number three, those who seek the Lord. Number four, those who know righteousness. And number five, those in whose heart is the law. Now notice the promise. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Reproach and revilings are going to come. That is implied. Isaiah's words are already being fulfilled. For the attack against Christianity is increasing. Our values are being attacked from the highest offices in the land. The daily news is frightening. But a Zion people need not fear. Notice what happens to those who fight against God. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. Isaiah 51, 8. Before the battle even begins, we know the outcome. Fighting against God is futile. The enemies of God will lose. Those who are a Zion people will win. Those who hearken to God will always be on the winning team. And Zion's people have the added assurance that God's righteousness shall be forever and his salvation from generation to generation. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord calls the people of Zion to action. Using Old Testament imagery, which all Christians are familiar with, the Lord says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? Art thou not in which hath dried the sea, the waters of the great deep, that hath made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? Isaiah 51, 9-10 We know, of course, that the Lord is also talking to his covenant people, the children of the house of Israel who have been scattered. We all know of the gathering of Israel, but Isaiah is also talking to all followers of Christ. He is talking to Zion, to all those Jew or Gentile who, one, hearken to God, two, follow after righteousness, three, seek the Lord, four, know righteousness, and five, whose heart is the law. Notice the promises the Lord gives to all who come unto Christ, Jew or Gentile. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou, that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die? and of the Son of Man, which shall be made as grass. And forgettest the Lord thy Maker, that hath stretched forth the heavens, 
and laid the foundations of the earth, and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed, and that he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread should fail. But I am the Lord thy God, that divided the sea, whose waves roared, the Lord of hosts is my name. Isaiah 51, 11-15 The Lord clearly defines his audience. And I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens, and lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. Isaiah 51, 16 the promise above is not cultural, it is not national, it does not merely apply to genealogical lines or regions or cultures or languages or governments. It applies to Zion, to those who accept Christ regardless of their genealogy. We know that as prophesied, Israel will be gathered and the day will come when they will accept Christ. But the Lord is no respecter of persons. He will save everyone who becomes a Zion people. The promises to Abraham apply to all true followers of Christ. As the Lord said to Isaiah, Say unto Zion, Thou art my people. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.